This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by an all-star, a 10-year MLB vet, and currently an analyst on MLB Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Yonder Alonzo. Yonder, thanks for joining me on the Boone Podcast. Yeah, man. You know, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Obviously, I was a big fan of you when you played and your bat flips, and you you were like the creator of the bat flip, and I will go there and go that route. But uh, just loved everything about you, your game, and uh, just the person that you are. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. You a bat flip guy? Because I went from I was, a bat flip guy to the current bat flip. I don't like them. They're too premeditated. What do you think? Yeah, I was uh, I was a – I would hit them. I would finish with two hands. Um, you know, I came up so, so old school with old school guys that when I was a rookie in Cincinnati, I had like Miguel Cairo, Ramon Hernandez um they they were not having that like they're like hey rookie like you hit it and you run and plus i wasn't really a fast burner so if i would hit a ball and i was kind of like is it a homer or not i needed to go i wasn't that fast so uh you know it is what it is in today's day and age i think people have grown to just accept it but um yeah i was more of just a smooth killer just hit them and you know kind (laughs) of maybe like a one or two step and then i gotta run (laughs) right right um you're a hurricane. I I'm am. A, I'm a Trojan, okay? And I'm yeah. <clears throat> my brother's a bigger Trojan than me. I mean, he's the guy on Saturday. He's got his he's got his SC garb on, his front of the TV. He's got the fight song playing. He's one of those guys. I'm more the casual. Yeah, I went to USC. I I support I support USC. I went to the game the other night. Uh they played U of A and it was three overtime. So, it was actually fun. I got to go to the park and or, or go to the Coliseum and, and uh, watch a game from the sidelines. I got to bring my dad. But tell me, you know, I, I I like this, especially guys from University of Miami, the U, they call it. We had Pat the Bat on recently. He's a U guy. Yeah. And something about that Miami, uh, what makes it so special? You know, similar a lot of similarities at USC, um, you know, especially like, Talking to to guys that that either have gone to USC or are fans of USC or live close to the program or work out around there, um, it reminds me of like Miami's like the USC of, of California, right? And USC's the Miami uh, of California. It, it just feels like that. Um, but you know, I think for Miami, it's us against the world. I mean, people don't realize there's only ten thousand students there at, at, at Miami, so it's a very small university. Uh, but with a lot of tradition, a lot of athletic tradition as well. And, you know, I remember when I was there in Miami in baseball, it, it was lit, literally, it was us against the world. That was the mentality. And, uh, you know, you have a bunch of kids, whether it's in football, basketball, baseball, or any program that they have there that 
you know, come from from places like low income families, and and you know, a lot of uh, where there's the Cubans or the Dominicans or the Puerto Ricans, people that come from other uh, cultures of the world, they get to go to an experience a, a school like like Miami, and and for them, it's just a a, a door that has been open to hopefully uh, find your way of life and 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 make it a better. Does it transcend beyond the U? For the sports, the Dolphins. Dolphins are good this year. You're, uh, yeah, man. I, I are you think excited it when the Marlins got in. Did you get excited about yeah, that? Yeah, I was excited. <laughs> you know, here's 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 the funny thing about that is that, um, like it, it, anybody that's ever been to Miami, like you wake up in the morning and it, and it's a it's a hustler's world. You know, like that yeah. city of Miami. You wake up at six in the morning and you got to grind, right? The, everything's expensive at Miami, just like it is everywhere in the U.S. But you know, in Miami, it's it's either is is you gotta you gotta work to eat and, and you gotta work to provide and you know any extra I can get, it's always welcome. And I think that's kind of the mindset that you know number one, our parents put in in us and or the city of Miami or people in Miami, but definitely at least from my end, you know, my my mom and dad, they would leave at six in the morning to go work. I would take the school bus and I wouldn't see my parents till six o'clock at night, right? So. Like, where you guys been? Well, we've been working because we have to afford, you know, a box of pizza for you guys or we have to afford rent or we have to afford, you know, those, maybe that that nice uh, pair of shoes that you want for Christmas for, you know, for, for one pair of shoes because I, I didn't have six or seven or, or eight or ten, right? I had one pair of shoes, one sneakers for school, and that was it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you see that with a lot of people in Miami and South Florida, just the, the work ethic has always been there and, and it's just a – I'm going to go get it attitude. Real interesting aspect of your life. Uh, and by the way, I got to tell you this. So yeah. I've got these. So it's funny. You you mentioned USC. I just realized right now, but my buddy, so Miami's an Adidas school, which personally myself, I, when right, I went right. to Miami, I was a Nike, I was a Nike school. Mm-hmm. So I love Nike, right? When I played, it was all Nike. And my, my buddy, we had a bet going about Miami and USC. Um, and he he gave me USC sandals. Wow! So this is what I wear. I actually wear USC sandals, and nobody knows. Nobody knows until right now that they're the most comfortable <laughs> sandals in the game. And I just can't wear Adidas sandals because. And I would love to wear Miami sandals, but in reference to it, I have a Miami team, and then I have my California team, and that's USC. So, right on, baby. That a baby. Uh, <laughs> Real interesting aspect of your life. You were born in Cuba. Uh, yeah. I've had many talks with one of my, I'll disclose this. One of my favorite players um, when I was a kid was Tony Perez. And to this day, he's still, you know, I, I ended up being uh, a teammate of Eduardo's for a minute in Cincinnati. But Tony, when I was in Cincinnati, Tony would always come around, and I love him. And to this day, he's one of the characters of baseball, and he told me many stories about about Cuba. I got to go over there in 1989 uh, and represent Team USA, and it was really eye-opening to me. So so you went Uh, with with Frank Thomas? Nope. He's before me. Frank was before Before. me. It wasn't a a, – it wasn't an Olympic year. I think it was like whatever it was, the Pan Am games or yep, whatever yep. it was. So uh, we went over there in 89 and, you know, the whole thing. Fidel was there and and I got kind of eye opening because back then it was very rare for 
for Americans to go to Cuba unless it was a special situation. We we're playing Team Cuba. By the way, we got there. You know, we're kind of pretty confident bunch. We get there. We're watching Team Cuba warm up, and we're like, we're going to kick their ass. They beat us yonder. Like it was men playing with boys, and that was the back in the days of Lenaris was at third base. Oh know? man, what a player! For, yeah, and he, Herm- he would Herman, have, he, Herman yeah. was a shortstop. Yeah, and there was a big. Uh, he was a veteran at the time, but he was kind of the the goofball of the group. I forget his name. He's a famous guy in Cuba. Anyway, they gave us a beating. It was one of those run rules. And then, I mean, they had their second string in and still boat racing us. And we left Cuba with our head spinning. But what uh, what an experience. Um, what do you remember about your childhood in Cuba? I know you came to the States in 96, but what do you remember as a younger, uh, as a young Yonder Alonso? Well, you know, my, my parent, my dad played ball there. Um, and yeah. he probably played, he probably played ball in, in the same stadium that you probably played, uh, when you went there, which is, uh, in Havana, Los Industriales. Uh, they're basically like the Yankees of, of Cuba. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was, my childhood was incredible there. Right. It, it was, there's, but it was that old school childhood. Just imagine Cuba, like the 1940s and 50s, where you only have two channels on TV. One is propaganda, government style. The other one is whatever they want to put on, right? They control it all. So a lot of the times you're just outside playing ball with your friends. The only sport is baseball. Yeah. So whether it's manhunt, baseball, maybe a little soccer, because the World Cup was always uh, in the realms of it. And, and Cuba would always have it on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was very simple for us, right? It was my mom was was very adamant in, you know, when the sun goes up, you can go outside, but when the sun comes down, you better be home. And it was around the area. I was always around the block. My dad was very known uh, where we lived at. So um, everybody knew who I was. Everybody, you know, the culture there is, you know, if my neighbor sees me doing something wrong, you can smack him and it's okay. And then we'll deal with it later with mom. So it was one of those things where the culture and the way you behave, the way you do things uh, is very proper at all times. But you know, it, I was I was lucky. I will say that I was blessed that my dad had the uh, opportunity to be just a little bit above of the the regular people there. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we had we had food on the table at night. You know, so we would drink a little. Uh, our, we would have our breakfast, and we would have some type of lunch, small lunch. But we always had food, uh, you know, at night. And and my mom's dad uh, lived in the U.S. So. He would send us, you know, a pair of shoes here and there, or a couple T-shirts here and there, right? So my dad also traveled with the team uh, with baseball, so so he was always able to get us, you know, soap or toilet paper or just like these little things that really go unnoticed. Um, and my dad just hustled, right? Like he would go to the farms uh, in the outstakes of uh, of Havana and and bring lemons and onions and you know avocados and potatoes and you know, all these veggies and, and, and we would sell them to the streets. So it was more of, Hey, I'll give you a, a row, of, you know, I'll give you a dozen lemons. Well, then you give us uh, you know, bread or, or maybe, you know, a pound of chicken or maybe you can. So it was always a hustling uh, move, which was illegal, by the way. I mean, if they would catch you with a bag of onions or a bag of lemons, my dad would go to jail for 10 years. So it was a hustling move. And that's, that's where I learned it from. And that's kind of the work ethic that I, that I enshrined in it with my, my dad and my mom. And it was always about, you know, your kid providing for your kids and providing for your family. And I do know, I mean, over there, baseball is everything. That is oh, the, yeah. the thing. So your dad being a player, uh, I assume at a young age, you kind of thought, Hey, this is what I want to do. I want to be like dad. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I think for me, it was, uh, it was very simple. It wasn't just my dad. Like, my uncle played. My godfather played. So, um, everything was baseball. Everything was surrounded by baseball. And, you know, I think for me, from an early age, you know, it's funny. I, I always talk to kids. Right? And I always, uh, I always tell them, like, you know, around 10 years old, you should know what you want to do. You should know if you want to play baseball in the big leagues or not. And, it, and if you don't have that mindset of I'm going to play in the big leagues at 10, 11 years old, then probably baseball is not for you because the amount of sacrifice you have to provide at a young age, it, it's, it's immense, right? It, it's, it's priceless. And that's what I wanted to do. As soon as I got to the States I, here in the U.S., I, I knew the opportunity, what, the opportunity I had. Like there, there wasn't no basketball for me. There was no football for me. It was if my parents just came here and they are, are sacrificing everything, right? Because we came here to this country with no family, no cousins, no aunts, no nothing. And it was like, well, I'm the only one that can get them out of this hole, right? I'm the only one that can provide. I'm the only one. And that was at 10 years old. So my mindset at a 10-year-old uh, kid was probably more into a 16, 17, 18-year-old. And I think that was because of my parents. Um, they, they said, hey, we're in this country. We're by ourselves. And you know, we're going to work every single day to, to get you guys by, but basically left it up, or I, I guess myself, uh, left it up to, up to me and my sister and, and more me because I was the older one to say, well, I, I'm the one that's going to, you know, take them to another level or, or maybe provide for them in the near future. And that was kind of the mindset just because of the way I live in Cuba. Big contingent of, of uh, Cuban ball players now in the big leagues. Uh, oh, yeah, make, man. How's that make you feel? So yesterday I was on MLB Tonight, and mm -hmm. it was me, Greg Amsinger, and Chris Young. And it was so cool to see, uh, you know, the Cubans having the success, right? Adolis Garcia, uh, Abreu doing his thing. Jordan Alvarez doing his thing as well. Um, it's just so cool to see. Um, you know, you, there's not that many of us. I mean, people think, like, you know, Cuban players, and, and it's getting better. But yeah. we're not like the Venezuelans. We're not like the Puerto Ricans. We're not like the Dominicans. I mean, the Dominicans are like, there's like 160 of them in the big leagues, right? So um, it, it's so cool to watch these guys. There's not that many of us, but the quality we provide on the field is, is you know, A-plus quality. And, and I think the, the humans and the players that they are, but the persons that they are, is what really makes them unique. Uh, you, you talk to any of these guys and or you talk to any other teammates of them and they're like, man, what a great dude or, or what a hard worker, you know, always understands what, what it takes to, to win, uh, to win on a daily basis in the big league. So it's super cool to watch. And you did it. You lived the dream. Uh, you had a great career. You played 10 years, started with since he ended with the rock as your all-star in 2017, uh, out of the U seventh overall pick. And yeah, uh, look at you now on, on MLB <laughs> network. I want to jump. Uh, I want to jump it in the postseason. We had uh, we had one of your colleagues on yesterday, actually, uh, Robert Flores, mm -hmm. and uh, I got his take. I got his breakdown. I, I love having you on because you. I know you're on the ground floor and you're watching every game you can watch. And, yeah. And I get sick of hearing myself talk about my breakdown. And I'm right sometimes, and I'm wrong sometimes. Let's start off with that wild card race beginning the three game series, which I think, you know, as a player, it's tough because you play yeah. a 162 game season and all of a sudden <clears throat> you lose that first game in a three game set. Your back's against the wall right away. And and I look at a Tampa Bay type scenario where they won 99 games. They didn't just creep in. They won yeah. 99 games and they got 
they kind of self-imploded. You know, they made a lot of errors yeah. and they got swept by Texas one, two. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 